Okay, we are back. It's been a very, very long time. Way too long, one might say. But we are back at the Insatiable Content Podcast. I am Vincent Rossmeyer, your host. We're going to try to get back to doing this thing weekly. But in the meantime, let's kick this back off with one a cinematic masterpiece that inspired me and my guests to return to podcasting. Um, and I think anyone who knows me knows why we had to come back with this movie specifically. And it's because it's Magic Mike, The Last Dance, a movie about male stripping starring Channing Tatum and Sonia Hayek set in London. It seems like it was set made completely for me. I think this should be injected straight into my veins. I love the first two Magic Mikes, and so it's only natural that we got a pot about this one because Insatiable Content Podcast wasn't around when the other two were made. So to join me to discuss this final return, as the title of the movie implies, to the strip club is none other than my favorite person around who continues to have the worst judgment ever in the fact that she actually chooses to date me. Kate, the law might say you cannot touch, but I see one lawbreaker in here tonight, Simon to join me to talk about Magic Mike the Last Dance. I don't know how I feel about that. What, what about it? I, okay. Uh, that's just a direct line that Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> when you search like best quotes. Yes. That's what As comes up. As one does often search. about Magic Mike's Mike best quotes. I was just talking about quotes in general. Oh, sure. That's what comes up in the internet. That's the very first thing. That's the first one. Before can, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King. The law says you can't touch but yes. I see a lot of lawbreakers well, in important. here tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am currently wearing nothing but a vest and a thong. Uh-huh. Um, how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I know this is not a visual medium, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, the, <laughs> hopefully the audience can appreciate that. Now, if you know me, you know I not only love the series, but also think it's dramatically underrated, uh, especially the first movie. Um, and much more insightful and profound than people give it credit for. Yes, it has great dancing. Yes, it has a lot of hot bods. But honestly, the first one, the reason that I loved it was because it was such a Sodenberg thing where it was all about capitalism. It was like a very subtle way to make a very, very direct uh, criticism and critique of capitalism in a way that we hadn't seen before. We've seen stories of women having to sell their bodies to make themselves be able to function in society. We haven't seen that as much with men. And so this was, I thought, incredibly uh, creative, the first one, and as well as being entertaining. And this is what I love so much about Sonnenberg is across all his movies, and why he's probably in my pantheon of like top five directors, that more so, he's more commercial than almost any other director in making like the Oceans movies and things like that. But there's always something deeper there. Like, all, like the meta-ness of Oceans 12 makes me love that movie so much, especially when Julia Roberts mm-hmm. is having the conversation with Bruce Willis, right? Like there's always something deeper there. And I think we get that in Magic Mike, where you see everyone having to try to, these men trying to hustle, they want a share of ownership even um, in the club in the first one and Matthew McConaughey won't get it. And that sort of sets off all of this. And at the same time, Channing Tatum's dream is to actually pursue something more artistic in his um, uh, furniture making Mm -hmm. and it doesn't happen. So I I always thought that was like a, a, a very insightful, like 
metaphor for American capitalism in general. You are just here for the hot bods, is that correct? Correct. Okay. Yes, yes. So you don't and, have anything and, to I say mean, about American I, capitalism? I had never, I was familiar with the IP, had never personally engaged with it until I met you, and now I am just thrilled to have seen all three Magic Mics. And honestly, everything that you said about the first one, totally agree with. And then I love with the second one how it totally played on the form of like a road trip kind of buddy exactly. comedy. This one was full on rom-com. Yep. You know, and so I like that we're getting a little bit of a taste of each of those things as we have gone through this trilogy. And the thing that's crazy to me is we both like the second one despite having this, despite the fact that it has Andy McDowell in it. Correct. And if you can get me to look past Andy McDowell, then you've done something great. I, I couldn't agree more. She is possibly the most unwatchable actress I can that has been in multiple things that I can come up with off the top of my head and has nearly ruined some movies that I truly would love yeah. otherwise. And I want to love her because of her curly hair. And even that, <sighs> I, it's a bridge too far for me. Agreed. But this was like the perfect role for her yeah. uh, in Magic Mike Extra Extra Large, um, XXL. Uh, uh, those of us in the industry, <laughs> that's how we refer to it. Um, and that's... I just don't, I hope everyone realizes that's both a reference to the length of the movie and also the length of something else. Thank you for explaining I just, I, I just want to make sure we're yeah, on the same no, page. Yeah, no, now we're clear. Thank okay, you. Okay, great. Uh -huh. You're welcome. Yep. Um, but yeah, I love that it was a road trip buddy comedy yeah. uh, about growing up, some of the compromises they have to make mm -hmm. and settling into middle age. And you still got great dancing. Also, like... The performances across all these movies, and I promise we're going to get into this actual movie, the third one here, have been outstanding. But they have included so many big name actors from not just Channing Tatum, but also the the one I can never get over is Donald fucking Glover doing a striptease in the second one. But it's one. not even a striptease, as was randomly pointed out to me on Twitter today, which is broken, so this was probably a tweet from five years ago when the second one came out, is that he never even removes his pants. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that is your qualification of a striptease? I think, yes. Okay. Shirts off is just worth the pool, you know? Interesting. Interesting. Okay. That is uh, good for me to just keep yeah. in mind yeah, yeah. for the future of our relationship. Uh -huh. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm glad to know that. Um, but to me, McConaughey's <laughs> performance in the first one might be my favorite thing that he's ever done. I know it's like drawing on uh, his other, his whole persona or yeah. whatever, but the way that first movie opens, you know, with him explicitly referencing Dazed and Confused with the all right, all right, all yeah. right, and then... Just he just lays it down in a way that I th I'd say the only other thing that competes for me is Wolf of Wall Street, and he's in that for yeah. so short. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. But no, I feel the same way about his role in the first one as I do about J Lo in Hustlers, which is that she should have won an Oscar. Absolutely, it was also masterful. a great parallel to this yes. movie. I think those if you were going to do like a back to back, yeah, like watching movies like this, I, I didn't want anyone to think that that was a sexual reference. We're not going to get into the sexual references until later. Uh huh. Sure. This is a family show after <laughs> a while. I mean, you have to have listeners for it to even be considered a show, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> But yeah, maybe we should actually talk about the actual movie that we're here to talk about. I think that would be Magic great. Mike, The Last Dance. The third and final, unfortunately, one uh, of the Magic Mike series. Um, so it involves dancing. Correct. Um, some very, very, very good dancing, um, which inspired me at one point to show you my dance moves. And I think this is... I think dance moves is generous. Okay. I did this. 
this is, again, they can't see you. How would you describe that? Because your words after I did that, <laughs> when we walked out of the movie theater, yes. were that that was, quote unquote, the sexiest thing I've ever seen in my life. I can't, don't ever do that again. I won't be able to control myself. That's literally a sentence that's never come out of my mouth. Mm. Yeah. I feel we're living in a post-fact society, so... <laughs> okay. Um, well... I will just say, is it? it's not quite on caliber with the dancing that we saw in the film. Is that fair? I think that is fair. Okay. Putting my hand over my head in sort of an awkward way... I wouldn't even necessarily call it dancing. I wouldn't. But you have told me the main two reasons that you're <laughs> in this relationship are my dance moves and my voice work. Uh-huh. And so it's only natural to do a callback at the beginning of this where... <laughs> to a personal joke we have in our well, relationship. I'm, I'm, because I'm in a mansplain throughout this whole thing, I'm then going to explain the joke. Okay, great. But when you were watching this... Was your pulse working overtime? I won't. No? I won't respond Do you want to engage to that. with that? No, I won't. So for those of you who don't know... <laughs> Do I, they need to know? Martin Scorsese directed a movie <laughs> called The Departed, set in Boston. You're laughing at You think you're better than me? See, this is the I voice I walked work. right into that. You did. You did. There's an amazing scene in which Alec Baldwin and Matt Damon are interacting on what I believe is like a top flight golf thing and Alec Baldwin is telling him how he needs to make sure that he has a woman in his life because it lets everyone else know that his anatomy is functioning correctly mm. and what is how does Matt Damon respond I will not answer that oh it's working overtime and how many times a day do I reference that so I'd like to get back to the movie that we're here today to, okay. to discuss yeah so the movie's plot, I would argue, is as preposterous as that complete tangent that I just went on. Especially the first 35 minutes. Like, we did a lot of work to get to where we eventually landed. And I... Yeah. I want to say this. We both enjoyed the movie. Correct. Oh, I thought it was fun as hell, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah. It's some of the worst writing I've seen in a movie in ages. Like, the, the plot... It's funny, because it's the same screenwriter. I agree. But it, it almost feels it was just like we got to get our characters here. Yeah. So, how would you explain my 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 little notes here? Are wealthy woman played yes. by Selma Hayek requests yes. Mike, he, who is bartending at a party she is throwing, mm -hmm. to do a dance for him after the party has ended. A personal dance. She is dance. a sad woman in the middle of a divorce. A very wealthy, sad woman in the middle of a divorce. I will say that hiring a stripper for a private dance is not something I considered when I was getting divorced, but maybe my life would have also changed. I would argue that is essentially what you've done now with dating me. Okay, you, so okay. she pays for <laughs> she pays for a private dance, um, which was in itself shocking. It was... You know, I've, I've seen this stated elsewhere. There is no sex in it. It is the most, like, explicit sex raunchy. scene. It was It was the most explicit Correct. sex scene I've seen in a movie in a while. Yes. And for the most part, fully clothed. Yes. Yes. And also not entirely clear about why they don't have sex. But they do at the end. I don't know. Because no, then I think they do. I don't think they do because then they're on the plane and she's like, no, no but sex. But maybe she meant like no more because now this is business. Anyway. Anyway. Rich divorcee, Magic Mike, 
lap dance. And she, she only knows he's a stripper because obviously he's bartending. Right. Because a, we have to get a flashback to this, but from the first movie, one of the co-eds at a uh, sorority party that Mike stripped for in which he was a cop, which led to a big incident. Mm. Really a great scene, I have to say. Um, she is at this party yes. and is now a lawyer working for Selma Hayek's character. Recognizes him. Recognizes him and is like, Selma, Selma yeah. you look lonely. Which Get- is what you want to hear from your employee. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're horny, this guy can take you. Yes. And the premise is a bit like Indecent Proposal in which he comes in mm. and he's like, oh, sure, I'll dance for you. I'm retired from dancing, but I'll do it for $60,000. Yeah. And she's like 6000 and he's like, okay. I mean, I love Magic Mike. Terrible negotiator. And we've seen this yeah. across the yeah, whole yeah, series. Yeah. He's just maybe, maybe. But you a- know, I think he's in it for the love of the game. That is, that is true. I have to say, and we talked about this I don't know what this reveals about a relationship multiple times since, but the way he comes into her house and then just inspects the furniture. Oh, I thought that was one of the funniest things in the movie. Absolutely. He's like, oh, this is really sturdy. And We're then, like testing bookshelves so that he can then hang from them in a very sexy way later. Which he does. Yes. In a way that I didn't know that any man could have the upper body strength to do. Yes. I honestly think that might have been my favorite. Yeah. It's and inspiring. I really love that they gave us a flashback to it at the end because I, wanted, I need to see that one more time. But, okay. But. Dance. They may or may not have sex. We haven't decided. But that sets the plot in motion. Where she's then like, you've inspired me. Yeah. This dance has so opened me up to sexual possibilities. And this is the part that I desire. don't quite understand. Therefore, come to England, London with me, and direct a play. She doesn't even tell him that at first. No, she doesn't she's tell him like, any She's like, I'm going to give you $60,000. I'm going to put you on a plane. We're going to London for a month. I have a job for you. Which, And I don't think that like gender flipping is necessarily always a constructive analysis of work. But like, if that was a rich man giving a down-on-her-luck sex worker $60,000, we have a word putting her on a plane, that's human trafficking. Yeah. That's a horror we, movie. We, we have words for that. Right. But it's okay when it's... Magic Mike. I guess. Because we're supposed to trust Selma. I guess. And also, Mike doesn't eat his vegetables. Yeah, that I But know. he has good genetics. Yes. That's what we... That's, that's what, what we learned. That's, that's what, what we learned, learned in the but no, so, scene when so they fly to London. So setting all of that up is a little crazy. Right. So then they get to London. Mike doesn't know about why he's there or what she wants him there for. She's married to, I would say, like a younger Rupert Murdoch. Yes, definitely like, a Murdoch-y character. Step, mm-hmm. Like stand in and um, he owns this old theater and it's been putting on this very old, I, I would say it sort of invoked Madame Bovary yes, type exactly. play, mm-hmm. right? Um, where a woman isn't able to express her desire and she's like, we need to have the woman express her desire. So what better thing to have than Magic Mike put on a striptease show at this very old And there's so many ways we could have gotten there, which is just like, she decides, oh, strippers are cool as fuck. I'm going to open a strip club. And instead we had to have this very convoluted, we're going to sneak a whole strip show for one night only into a very staid production of this play. Okay. So it probably sounds like we don't like this. No, we loved it. We absolutely loved it. (laughs) From that point on. Yeah. It's just purely... Fantastic. Yeah. So what happens is they then just 
I love a getting getting the band together scene. Yeah, they just recruit love dancers. A they just recruit the dancers. They're I from all over today Europe. That a lot of those dancers that they cast in the movie are from the Magic Mike live touring ship. Well, delightful. So thank love you it. to my employer this morning. I spent an hour and a half reading Magic Mike reviews. But you know what? That, in the office. That's why people come for this podcast because they know at least my guests will be prepared, even if I'm not. Great. So. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for adding a level of yeah. competency that this this would just not happen. Well, what I didn't you. love about that is obviously incredible dancers all, but I don't think any of them talked. None of them talked. And what's so, the biggest criticism I have of this movie is they don't, other than a random Zoom call that Magic Mike yeah. has with the other uh, dancers we from the previous movies. We didn't see all the other guys. We didn't, we get to. Didn't, we don't get that chemistry. And they're great. And yeah. literally it's like. And I, I actually think, is there a deeper meaning here? None of the men talk or have personalities. They are there just as purely objectified humans meant to, I guess, fulfill female yeah. desire. But I also wonder if that's the shift in like tone for this film. It's not the buddy comedy. It is now a rom-com where you have the like precocious daughter and the butler, and it's just like the world got a little smaller because we're focused on these two more. True. Um, so yeah, to that point, Channing Tatum, of course, as would only be logical, this has happened to me many times in my life when I mount wealthy divorcees, you end up living in their London apartments for quite some time, yes, yes, right? Yes, yes, um, With her with, teenage child. With their teenage child, yeah. who seems much more immature than her and says she only, she only ever engages in the first act, right, mm, of projects. Yes. She never follows yes. through and Salma finishes Hayek things. Yes, gets very obsessive about things and starts projects but never sees them through. Yeah. So, um, but I actually thought the butler and the daughter were I did too, and fantastic. usually kid actors annoy me. Absolutely, but especially teenage one. actors. She uh-huh. didn't she didn't try too hard, no. so that was good. But it does set up in a really incredible scene of just like, like Channing Tatum just, you know, who has the bigger cock here when the ex-husband comes in mm-hmm. one morning to see his daughter and they have a conversation and I don't think the Rupert Murdoch, Murdoch-like character quite realizes that not only is Channing Tatum staying there, but like is his new, is his current wife, since they haven't gotten divorced, like I'd say more than a muse, right? Well, live-in stripper. Okay. Yeah. I think I need to get one of those. That yeah. is that is really... It's the truth. I guess you already have one. <laughs> but anyway, so it's very hard now that we're doing this, I've realized, to talk about this movie without making it seem ridiculous because the plot is well, that is. ridiculous. But it is so enjoyable to watch yes. because the dancing is th- beautiful. And I think there's a critical like turning point in the movie where they suddenly encounter something where the show's going to be shut down because mm. there's this old uh, woman who is like has to deal with you know like the historic district commission yes, or whatever yes. it is and she's saying they're violating some pu- uh, public policy thing and so the stage isn't high enough so they're going to shut it down and they do a dance number with all the new crew on a bus mm. with just her yeah. and it's fucking delightful it was delightful. it turns the movie at that point yeah absolutely absolutely and so I guess my question for you is, and so the rest of the movie is just about them putting on the actual performance. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. But I have to ask, what do you think the point of this is? And I, I, I think it's trying to get to some idea of what female desire is. Yeah. 
But what is the form of female desire this movie is describing? Written by a woman, led no, by Selma not Hayek. not by a woman. By the same screenwriter, Reed Carolyn. Oh, I took that to be man. a woman. Incorrect. Oh, okay. No, well. which is also an interesting thing, is that all three of these movies have been written by a man. Well, there you go. See, I'm just, I'm part but, of the patriarchy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was clear. But, um... <laughs> I don't know, because the through line, and this is something that Salma Hayek say, says as she is like kind of setting up this production, and then the actress turned MC, who ultimately like hosts this show at the end of the movie, it, the, the, the thing for them is women want everything, all like they want to have it all, all the time. And, you know, the, the original play was setting up this dichotomy of like a woman has to choose between love and money. Which I think is a choice that many women would love to have, because I don't think those are typically our choices. <laughs> but I also don't know that the idea of women having to have, or getting to have, or wanting everything, everywhere, all the time, is great. No. Because we've let men have that, and it hasn't turned out well. No, everyone you needs know? to choose. We can't be in the cereal aisle with thousands also, of options. It's better if we have, like, ten. In a single bowl. Sorry, sorry. I, I realized the That's serial comment was very triggering, and it wasn't a deliberate callback. <laughs> so I apologize for that. But I, I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily something we need to explore, especially in a film and in a series of films that otherwise has been pretty smart about issues of consent Agreed. and permission. Um, suddenly, to turn that on its head and be like, women should have it all, which is great, but also. Maybe there are boundaries. Well, and also, it's interesting, the consent issue. They He asks, he says multiple times, mm. and other dancers say, like, if at any point during this dance, yeah. it's too much for you, let me know. And they even do th one of the dances to the song Permission. Exactly. Which yeah. I think is very clever. Yeah. But I don't actually think... They're saying in the movie, Selma Hayek explicitly saying, mm. you know, women want everything, but she doesn't. She, you know, like, there's this explicit thing that she just wants to be tantalized and have like her sexual awakening or whatever. Mm. But at the same time, she wants also something that's more conventional where when Magic Mike is doing a dance with someone else, she gets jealous, right? And yeah. shuts it off, yeah. right? And yeah. so it's like, you don't actually want unbounded freedom here and right. like sexual, like just r rampantness. And it's, and it's really not balanced or, or f fair or you know equal at the end of the day if, if these are all paid dancers who are Agreed. providing the service for these women who don't speak yeah who don't speak we've, who really don't have a lot of agency we no, don't see that in some ways we've just flipped the script yeah and we're just having women or men do but what it women doesn't have. do it in a way that we're supposed to be like oh this is wrong yes. maybe across the board it yes. just does it in a way that feels like maybe we deserve it to be flipped and i don't know that that's true or maybe we're all just seeking a sexual partner who just never says anything uh-huh I mean, that's not, certainly one way to not to, me, but it seems like we just want to be objectified. You're more than welcome to objectify me anytime you want to. Great. It happens this to is, me a lot. This is a very revealing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so some key questions as we come away from this one. And I think I'm, I'm very proud of this question. Uh, How long did they stay together at the end of the movie? Honestly, I'm sorry. Spoiler. No. They, they end up together. Yeah. Which you can foresee the whole movie. I will say he had more chemistry with her in this film than he did with either of the two previous female leads. Agreed. And she's movies. a much better actress. By the way, if I look half as good at 56 yes. as she does, just 
like yeah she's married to the richest man in europe so she has access to the best of everything but yeah beautiful samba hike beautiful i don't know and i wonder that about a lot of rom-coms like the whole movie is built up to that moment and then i don't know you know, it's it's sometimes really open-ended. I don't know exactly how that would work. Is he ever going to get to build furniture? Unclear. Unclear. Does he actually even want to build furniture at this point? Mm, you know? Yeah. Or like in the case of one of your favorite rom-coms, you've got male. Yeah. They shouldn't be together. Well, and so that's kind of where I think this is a bit of a callback to those like 90s romantic comedies of like Sleepless in Seattle, a stalker film. You've got male kind of the same thing this potentially human trafficking made romantic you know? <laughs> it's a little pretty woman-esque right true and so i don't i don't know what the answer is i hope that they do because i like his dynamic with her kid and i think the butler's fun and i think they've got kind of a fun unit going but he is I don't know. one of the most charming actors we have yeah we should treasure him through that because you said to this to me as we were yes. leaving the theater like he just sells so much of the preposterousness of the movie, and you're just like, okay, I'll well, go along. I'll go on this ride. Channing Tatum is obviously an excellent dancer, but I don't think we we talk enough about how he's giving a really good performance in these films. Like, I really think there's a nuanced, character-driven performance that he's doing. And it may not occur when he's hanging from furniture, and we have to see it twice in the movie so yeah. that you can have. We do have to see it twice. Yes. <laughs> but I I can. Completely agree. And that leads me to another question. Would you leave me right now for Janet Tatum? Is he still with Zoe Kravitz? I because in that think case, that is a weird thing to ask me nope. when you are clearly the person who is much more up on celebrity gossip. I cannot me. compete. So there's, I can't even she answer is a the perfect question. Woman. She's yeah. the most beautiful woman in the world. With a terrible musician of a father, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. But half the reason why she's so beautiful. So he's worth something. I like that in this completely ridiculous preposterous yeah. question you immediately go to practicality and yes. be like yes i don't well, have a shot so it doesn't matter well you know what that type of humility is what attracted to me <laughs> to you in the first place <laughs> all right so i think i know the answer to this I, my answer your answer to this but i also know my answer is very firm on this no pun intended uh, um where does this rank in the magic mike pantheon for you I think it's probably third. I would agree. That being said, I do think it has a lot of things that are better than the second one. For yeah. one, it's shorter. It's shorter. It it moves, and the ending really is uplifting. It is. And I have to say, I think through all these movies, I was thinking about this this morning, weirdly. Um, I don't think there's another film franchise that could make me feel nostalgic about hearing the opening beats of... Pony by Genuine. I agree. But as soon as that came on, it was like, oh, we're home, you know? It's a delight. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, honestly, this, ooh, I, I feel like these movies, for those who have seen them, when I've talked to other people about them, they love them. Oftentimes people love them as much as I do, but people who haven't are like, wait, what? Exactly. You like these movies? Yep. Those are a joke. It's They're about male strippers. It's like, no, it's about American capitalism. Yeah. And stripping. And stripping. And stripping. So, anyway, speaking of the stripping, who is the best dancer, do you think? Maybe not even in this movie, across all the movies. Oh. You. I don't you, know. I, you can't say me. <laughs> I don't 
know. I think it might be Channing. But yes. I do think all of these nameless, faceless, voiceless dancers from this third movie were incredible. Incredibly talented. And, I think- and the, ball- the ballet dancer oh that he God. did that dance. Like, he was way outdanced, and I think we were all fine with it. She was amazing. Yeah, they, yeah, they were... I feel like they sacri- part of the reason that they, none of them got the chance to talk was yeah. that they're actually professional dancers Correct. and not actors. You're hiring for the dance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I got my job. Yes. Hiring for the dance. Yeah. So, okay. So, <laughs> um, one thing that I <laughs> kept coming back to in all these movies is, you know, when I was in college, there was a constant joke about dry I can't humping. can't wait to see where this is going. <laughs> there was a constant Jesus joke Christ. about dry humping. Were there? I, okay. I'm almost a decade older, yes, older than you. it was a different time. It was a different time. <laughs> Why are we okay with many of the dances in this movie, but not dry humping in general? Do we think dry humping's gotten a bad name? I don't want to answer this question. I think that's the only logical response to this question. <laughs> Thank you. Great, great. So, do you have any questions for me? Anything to wrap up our take on what I think is a movie that people should definitely see, if not in the theaters, it is the perfect Friday night. Yeah. Just, like, go with the flow, buy into this, and enjoy it. I'm really pleased that we saw it in the theater, I agree. I agree. And I really loved those women behind us who reacted. Oh, my God. That was the best. Yeah. That was the best thing. You need to see a movie with middle-aged women... Yeah, just a group of middle-aged women behind you who will react when the shirts come off. And who are there for one reason and one reason (laughs) only, and that is to see men dancing on furniture, holding themselves completely by their arms in a way that, like, I couldn't couldn't do a pull-up until I was in high school. I had to do the flex hang when we were doing presidential fitness tests. See, you didn't have to do any of this, because again... I did have to do the presidential fitness test. Okay, so our age divide didn't mean that you didn't have to do that. That's great. My my children do not seem to have to do any of the presidential fitness tests anymore. No, I don't think they do it anymore. Well, okay. Okay, so there we go. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was delightful. Um, So we're going to have some good episodes coming up, um, talking about, I think, a lot of the Oscar contenders I know... I've been obsessed with Tar. I can't wait to talk about it. You and I both saw Banshees of Inner mm. Sheeran. Um, yeah. I think you finally bought in on the fact that my love for Colin Farrell is justified. So The eyebrows and the pony. Yeah, you do. Oh, no, donkey. Sorry. You do love a mini pony. I do. I just love a mini Which is large farm animal. Wonderful callback to, to the genuine. Oh, yeah. It all, it all comes full circle mm-hmm. in this podcast. But before those future episodes come out, as is the tradition of any guest who comes on this, you are allowed to give me feedback Mm. or tell me, and you, who spend more time with me than anyone else, have probably great insight into a take of mine that is not good. Um, I will not hear any slander about my voice work, so it has to be something other than that. I would like to talk to you about your opinions on peanut butter, and I would like for you to tell your audience what your peanut butter preference is so that I can tell you what's wrong. I like eating actual peanut butter, which Mm. means a thick liquid, semi-liquid, made from pure peanuts, Uh not peanuts and hydrogenated oil and sugar Yeah, that's packaged to look like brown mousse. Uh Uh-huh. No. So what you like is some really chunky like peanut mush and then a thick layer of oil on top. Okay. It's called stirring. Mm-mm. We, I have, will developed, not stir. we nope. have developed the technology to stir. You know the worst. So I like America's favorite peanut butter because you know what choosy moms choose? They choose Jeff. 
as someone who is not a mom, I feel qualified to still agree with that statement. You know the worst part about this is you know what's going to happen? Huh. The longer we're together, you're going to expose my children to Jif. I will. And they're going to fucking they're gonna like it. love it. Of course they will. Because it's better. Because it's and what it children requ- like. <laughs> it does not require manual labor. Oh, I'm sorry. I either have to stir the peanut butter or I have to store it upside down in my fridge. Both of those options are terrible. And then it's so hard to spread. I don't want to have to work for this. I have no problem with the spreading. I don't. I refuse to believe that. I think you're buying the wrong natural peanut butter. It's the It's Whole Foods. It's Whole Foods. It is upside down in my fridge right now because my bougie sister just made me buy some when she visited. Emily... I'm sorry that you were slandered on this podcast. I think it's sweet that you I think, think Emily's going to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And with that, I think that is the perfect way to <laughs> wrap up episode 26 of the Insatiable Content Podcast. Go out, see Magic Mike, The Last Dance. It's well worth it. Enjoy how preposterous the plot line is. And enjoy the fact that there are men out there with the upper body strength and core strength to suspend themselves from a bookcase while gyrating the rest of their body. Enjoy it. It brought delight to our lives. It will certainly bring delight to yours. (laughs) Anything else? No, that's all I got. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's about right. All right, (laughs) until the next episode, thanks for listening to the Insatiable Content Podcast. I'm your host, Vincent Rossmeyer.